Dear Thank you, Leader K. I'm going to ask you to take your Bibles. We're going to look in Psalm 27 today. Psalm 27. There in the middle of your Bible, you should find Psalms. Job, Psalms, Proverbs. This be Psalm chapter 27. Today we're talking about fear and actually overcoming it. Courage. How do you have courage? It's amazing how faith and courage go together. So let's just pick up. This is uh, from Psalm 27. Many people believe this is David wrote this when he was on the run from um, King Saul. We'll pick up in verse 1. It says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked come against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I'll be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in a time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion in the secret place of his tabernacle, and he shall hide me, and he shall set me high upon a rock. And we're going to skip down to verse 10. So move down to verse 10. There he says, When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me in the smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me and such as breathe out violence. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And we want to have prayer together. Lord, bless this morning. Bless your word and each person that's come to hear it. Help us, Lord, to be attentive and may your Holy Spirit just move and touch our hearts and lives. May each person here be able to be, receive the strength that they need to be able to face the challenges that lie before us. I give you thanks for each person, and I ask your special blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, there's an India folklore about a mouse that was afraid. And it was afraid, for rightly so, because there was a cat in the neighborhood. So it came to a magician, and uh, the cat said, or the mouse said, Can you do anything? Because I'm afraid. Jesus said, you know, I think I can help you. I'm just going to make you a cat. And sure enough, he made this mouse a cat. And the cat pretty good until a dog moved into the neighborhood. <laughs> and so it came back and it said, I'm still afraid. Can you help me? He said, I'm going to help you. I'm going to make you a dog. And he turned this used to be a mouse that became a cat now into a dog. Then the dog was doing fine until a tiger showed up in the neighborhood. And he came back and he said, I'm afraid there's a tiger in the neighborhood. He said, well, I'm just going to make you a tiger. And he made him a tiger. Didn't hear from him for a while. And then all of a sudden he showed up again. He said, there's hunters in our area. He said, you know what? I can't help you. He said, I'll tell you what. He said, I'll make you a mouse again if you would like. 
But see, he said, I made you a tiger. You look like a tiger, but you're still really just a mouse at heart. You know, sometimes we, as Christians, we should be bold because of our faith. Sometimes fear just takes over. And what we have to have is a change that takes place within the heart. You know, it is admirable, those that serve in law enforcement, how they put themselves on the line. Those that serve in our military, how they put themselves on the line. You know, soon graduation will be taking place, and that's a lot of fear. That's a lot of change. How do you handle and grapple with that type of fear? And if you do join the military, if you are on the police force, how do you handle that type of fear? Christian, when you live out the Christian life, it is going to get harder and harder. People today, it just seems like that they, uh, if you don't give them their way, they're just going to get mad. They're going to get violent. And so today, people are mad at Christians. They're mad because you're advocating everybody do what you think is right. Well, it's not what we think is right. It's what the Bible says is right. It's what God says. And so people are mad at Christians. And so it's a fearful thing to stand up and to do what's right, to speak up for the Lord because people are going to threaten you. So how do you have the courage? That's the question, the courage to be a Christian. See, some people will say, well, I just won't say nothing. Well, that doesn't help much. How do you have the courage to stand up and to do what's right, to stand up for the Lord, to stand up for the Ten Commandments, just to stand up for life, for righteousness. How do you have the courage to be able to do that? Well, David gives us some insight here in Psalm 27. I mean, he asks that question, whom shall I fear? Of whom shall I be afraid? Because there's a lot of people that are afraid, a lot of people that were scared, and the people that were looking at David's life should have, would have said, you really should be frightened. You shouldn't be able to be getting along and doing very much. So how did David overcome? Well, you may be surprised the role that faith plays. Some may disagree, but I hope as we get done today that you will agree. Faith plays a huge role in having the courage to be able to live, and especially living the Christian life and living a life that's not popular with other people. So notice, first of all, that David basically had a settled faith. A settled faith. There's things about God that he had settled. He knew about God. You know, there's a, an old song. Old account was settled long ago. You remember it? I looked up the, the words to it. Old account was settled long ago, and I was surprised because when I looked it up, the first thing that came up was Johnny Cash singing it. You may remember that, but it was actually written for Johnny Cash back in the early 1900s. 
So that first verse, it said, Well, there was a time on earth when in the books of heaven an old account was standing for sins yet unforgiven. My name was at the top, and there were many things below. But then I went to the keeper, and I settled it long ago. And then it, it, the chorus goes, Long ago, yes, long ago, I settled that old account. The old account was settled long ago, and the record's clear today because he washed my sins away. And the old account was settled long ago. You know how important it is to be able to know that you've been forgiven, that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and that you have that settled? That helps to overcome our fears. Having a settled faith, knowing that I am forgiven. My sins, if something happened to me, if I was to die, if somebody was to get mad and kill me, if somebody said, I don't like what you said, and say, I'm going to end your life, it just makes such a difference to be able to know that I have a settled faith, that I know that when I die, I'm going to be immediately with the Lord because my sins have been forgiven. I'm going to be right in the Lord's presence. It's a settled faith because of my trust in God. And David knew the Lord. And he mentions, notice in verse 1, he says, The Lord is my light. The Lord's my light. Part of the reason his faith was settled, he knew God had a relationship with him, and he knew things about God. One of the things he knew is that God was light. Light. This world's full of darkness. When it's dark, I mean, he's scared of the dark. <laughs> about everybody's scared of the dark because you never know what's out there. You don't know what's around you. But you turn the light on, and then you can see. You're like, oh, well, there's no need in being afraid. God is the light, and he turns on, and he shines, and he helps us to see the things that we thought were scary. Many people don't want the light on because they're doing things that are wrong. They're doing things that are evil. They're doing things that are bad. And so they want it dark. But David said, God is my light. He helps me to be able to see. He gives me guidance. He helps me to do what's right. He helps me to be able to know what step to take. Later on, he would write in the book of Psalms, in Psalm 119, he'd say, God's word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. And so God's the one that helps us to be able to see the next step that we're going to take through his word. Here, David goes on and he talks about not only is God his light, but he talks about how God is his salvation or his strength. Here he says, uses the word strength, but basically it's, it means God's the one that has provided deliverance. The Lord is my salvation, the one that has delivered me. David here means from his troubles, but I'm telling you, it's good to know that the Lord is the one that delivers us from our sin, that provides salvation, that provides the answer for sin and death, that gives us, that helps us to know that uh, eternity is ours. And he also mentions here about God being his strength, with the ideal being God being his stronghold, his protection, the one in which we find refuge. I like what Proverbs 18.10 says. It says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. 
David had a settled faith. He had a relationship with God, and he knew he was forgiven, and he walked with God, and he knew who God was, and he found peace and protection from the Lord. Makes all the difference in the world. I read about a fella, you know, Iowa. It was an older man that, uh, 73-year-old, his name was Alden Strait. He heard that his brother was, was not doing very well. And so he needed to go visit his brother, but nobody would take him. Well, he wasn't able to drive because he couldn't see. If he went faster than 20, he couldn't see. But he said, you know, i got to go see my brother. So he ended up getting on his lawnmower, and he drove his lawnmower 240 miles. Why in the world, <laughs> how somebody would have that much faith or be that brave? But he had the courage because he knew he had to go see his brother. So he went and he traveled. Where there's a will, there's a way. And God helps to make a way for us. And it does make a difference. And he, by the way, he did see his brother. And, and uh, he, d- he did make it back home safely. Just amazing. God watches over. David was protected and he knew it because he had a settled faith. He also, here's something else David had. He had a stable faith. I want you to look with me again in verse 4 what David said. He said, one thing I've desired of the Lord, and that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David desired to be in God's house. This is a surprising thing. The temple's not even been built yet. What we're talking about is a tent, tabernacle. But David had a desire to be in God's presence. He had a desire to be with God's people. You want to be able to have courage. Courage comes with a stable faith. And a stable faith, you cannot have it if you're not meeting together regularly with God's people. Some people don't think that church is very important. Some people don't think it it really matters whether you come or not. It matters. The Lord commands us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And it matters because it provides a stability within our faith. It's meeting together where it reminds us of the truths of God. It just reminds us of the truths of his word. It helps us to stay focused upon the things that are right and wrong. It is so important that we meet in the house of God. And the Puritans, when they looked at this verse, they didn't have any problems being able to say, we're talking about church and how important that meeting together at church is. And so it's important for all of us to be able to meet together regularly to encourage each other. There is just something special about a place that's set apart to honor God, a place set apart to focus upon God that has symbols that reminds us about God. Somebody said, now it's a shame that we don't keep the doors or can't keep the doors unlocked so that you could come daily, if you needed to, to be able to be in God's house, to pray and just sense a closeness. Now, God's everywhere, but it is special, and you sense his presence when you come to the church, to the church house. And so David said, I have a desire to be in the house of God. I have a desire to be in his presence. And he names off some reasons why. He said, one is because of the beauty of God. 
it just helps me to sense his presence, to be in awe of God, to be in wonder of who he is. Just to be reminded of his power, his strength, and the things that he does. You've felt it. You've felt it when you've come to church, the Spirit of God working and moving. You've felt him in your life. You've seen him as he's moved in people's lives and heard the testimonies and what a difference it makes. And so David had a stable faith because he desired to be in the house of God because he attended the house of God. If you attend the house of God long, what you find is the worship of God. You can't help but to be in awe and to worship God. Heard somebody say, well, that's what I like, music. Certainly don't like preaching. <laughs> well, music is a way to worship God. But if you're just singing, that's not worship. Worship is looking at those words and being able to say, I believe that. Worship is finding meaning there. Worship is being able to say, you know what? Not only do I believe that, I want to live different. Worship is saying, I want to find out not just why we're singing these words, but what these words are about and where they come from, which leads me to God's word. So worship is me then studying God's word, and it doesn't just stop here. Real worship takes place during the week. Some people think you only worship God one day a week. You don't. You worship God with how you live. And if God has changed my life and touched my life, then I want to be able to worship him with the way that I live. When I do right things, when I choose to do the right deeds, when I talk right, I'm honoring God. It's a part of worship. David came to the house of God, and he came because it impacted him. He was different. He found the beauty of God, and it led him to be able to worship God. And you can tell his life was different. David, he, he even said, I come to inquire of the Lord. I, I, I want to know more about him and, and what I should do. And you find that as you worship God. When you come to the house of worship, you can't help but be touched by the love of God. David found it. Sometimes it, you just need a place to rest, to run and hide. And he found that at the house of God. He could be embraced and protected by God's love and his power a stable faith will lead to courage but a stable faith becomes stable because you're meeting with God's people and that's what David said so David had courage because he had a settled faith he knew he had a relationship with God he had a stable faith he met with God's people then David, he had courage because he had a strengthening faith. And so we're moving to verse 10. Now, there's some other things in this chapter that's good. I'm sorry we're skipping over, but look at what he said in verse 10. Because here's something that's very surprising. We just had Mother's Day. Boy, wasn't that a great son? Yes, wasn't that a great day on honoring our moms? And we're so so blessed to have so many godly ladies we're just so appreciative of their lives and then david here though says something very surprising he said when my father and my mother forsake me then the lord will take care of me many people 
over the years. Many orphans, many people who have been adopted have found comfort in these very words. Right here, when my mother and father forsake me. Who would imagine a mom forsaking children? But throughout history, there's been orphans. Children that have been left for ab be abandoned. Maybe because their mother was young, selfish. Today, we've got people with drugs. Some just not able to take care of their child. Some, there's just too much going on in life. And they abandon their children. How do you feel when you say nobody wanted me? David says, but God wants us. Some people have been abandoned, not because their parents wanted to abandon them. Some just felt like they had no choice. Sometimes health played a factor. And then as the years go by, sometimes, and maybe that's the case with David, death takes place. You depend so much on your parents, and then they're not there. So what happens? David said, when your parents can't be there, you can count on this. God is going to be there. And by the way, parents are just human. Maybe their health doesn't allow them to be able to give you the help that you need now or their means, and they can't intercede. And so you just feel abandoned, although you're not. And then maybe it's deserved, like the prodigal. Or the evangelist, when we had him, he shared about a man that was so violent that he had to leave. His family kicked him out. Maybe the choices that we've made have been bad choices. But David says in verse 10, When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Do you know what? God is saying, come to me. Ye that are weary and heavy laden, you're going to find rest with me. God has given us the invitation to come. Well, it is a, the prodigal son is so great because it just reminds us, no matter how bad we are, when we're willing to come to our senses, we're willing to turn from our sin, we're willing to be able to say, Lord, I'll, be your ser I'll just be a servant. We realize that God accepts us and makes us his child. He loves us. And so David says, everybody else may abandon me, but God never forsakes you. He'll never leave you. God accepts us. That's what it takes when you become a Christian. You've got to be able to come to your senses. You've got to be able to say, I've got to get, I need to repent of this sin. I've got to get out of this. It's a mess. I'm placing my faith in Jesus Christ. You become accepted by God. You become a child of God. When you become a child of God, here's what happens. The Spirit of God indwells you. The Spirit of God gives you gifts. The Spirit of God begins working in your life. And so that's how come we can say then, not only are you, your faith strengthened because you're accepted by God, but you're also guided by God. That's why David 
went on to say in verse 11, Teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Here's one thing about it. When David was running from Saul, it was hard to be able to get to that temple. It was hard to get with God's people. He felt himself alone many times, but he was never alone. God was watching over him. And you may, because of your disease or circumstances, feel like, okay, I'm alone. There's people that come to church sometimes, and they just feel alone. You're not alone. God is present. He's working, and he's moving. Spirit of God, if you've been born again, he's in your life. He helps provide for us, giving us the guidance and direction that we need. And David followed that. Verse 12, he said, Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries. He, he knew he wanted God's protection. By the way, isn't it interesting? He said, God, don't deliver me to my adversaries. Do you know if you're a child of God, the Spirit of God lives within you, that Satan is much, very much limited what he can do to you. Now, you can choose to sin, and there's consequences to that sin, and you'll have to face those. But Satan himself, if you know he can't do anything to you without God's permission because you're a child of God. Jesus, when he's talking to Peter, he said, Peter, you know, Satan's asked to sift you as wheat. He can't really touch you unless God gives permission. Satan has no authority over your life. You're protected by the hand of God, by the Spirit of God. David understood that. And because of that, it provided a strengthening faith with him. It's interesting. Look with me. Verse 13. I want you to see verse 13. Look what he said. He said, I would have lost heart. What's he saying? I would have given up. I'd have just quit. It became too much. Running and running and running. Somebody trying to kill you. It's just too much. The burden was too much. I would have lost heart. I'd quit. You ever felt like that? But David said, unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. David said, you know why I continued on? You know why I didn't quit? You know why I just, I, I kept running and going? Here's why. Because I had my faith settled. I knew Heaven was mine. I knew I couldn't lose. I knew that the hand of God was on my life. That he had called me. God was giving me the strength. It was beyond me, beyond my ability, but God was providing. We're living in a day where if you watch the news, where if you're just out and about, it is scary. And you can be afraid. There's a lot of things happening. There's war. There's sickness. There's disease. There's just mad, mean people. Inflation. Lack of money. And yet, you don't have to be afraid because of God. Of whom shall I fear? What can somebody do to me? The worst thing they can do to me, I'm going to go and spend eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ. Or maybe I suffer a little bit for him. But God's the one in charge of my life. He's in control. And I give it to him. 
Psalm 127. David just said, I settled it. I found stability with, the, with God's people, but I found an ultimate strength with God working and moving in my life. If you're a born-again child of God, you have the Spirit of God, and He will provide strength for you and a help. You don't have to be afraid in these scary times. You can have the courage that you need. And even if you are afraid, you can have the courage by following the advice of David here in Psalm 27. Letting God provide you with that courage. Strength, stability, and a settlement. And it's about your faith. Who would ever dream that? Faith is the key to having the courage to be a difference maker. Let's have prayer. Lord, I just ask your blessings today. Lord, there's some individuals today that have not had a relationship with you. They're facing life, and they should be afraid. Things can take place just like that. And I just ask that today you would help that person, that your Holy Spirit would move upon them. They could sense your presence, your drawing, and they would be able to have it settled. This would be the day, this would be the place, this would be the time in which they give their heart and life to you. Lord, there's Christians, and part of their problem is that they are not meeting with your people regularly. They're not in Bible study. They're not finding the encouragement. They're not finding the help. And Lord, I just ask that they can just recommit themselves being your people.